0: The content is light encoded to assist you on your journey if you wish to receive for your highest good. Welcome to the show, everyone. So today's topic, I'm going to be letting you in on a little secret, the purpose of life, being in your light. So first, I'm going to take you through an experience about my own life, of my own unfolding of remembrance. So I've always really been curious about life. I love thinking. I love pondering the world around me. I'm interested in learning all kinds of different things. And I'm also really interested in learning about how people live. I'm interested in understanding what brings joy to people's lives. I'm fascinated to find out why people love the things they love in their lives, whether it's in their personal life, family life, friend life, hobbies, career. I love reading and watching stories. I love inspiring stories. It brings me so much heart happiness to be a witness, to observe another person who has discovered something or maybe overcame something or found something or received healing. And I love being happy for people. I consider myself a cheer coach. That's right. A friend of mine in my mindfulness meditation teacher certification program. She also loves being a chair coach. And so we have labeled ourselves as chair coaches because we love cheering people on. And when I have the honor of witnessing another success, I will happily say and mean it, I am so happy for you. I love hearing when somebody has done something that makes them feel so amazing and you can see that light shining through. And so I understand at a visceral level of what it can mean to have your story dots of life come together into a story puzzle of completion. To be able to look at that puzzle and put a piece into the corner and that picture come into view, I understand that. Which is why then when somebody has shared something with me in terms of their own success, I'm so incredibly happy for them and I will say I am happy for you and mean it because I know that them completing the task or maybe getting over to the finish line that it may have been some incredible moments. There may have been enjoyable moments. There may have also been some ups and downs in it. It may have been like a roller coaster. It may have felt like a Rubik's Cube where you're trying to solve the puzzle and you keep moving it pieces around and yet you're like, oh wait, this one now is not fitting. And then all of a sudden you keep practicing or or let me take a moment some time off and you come back to it and then you realize oh it can be solved this way and the story puzzle is then complete so when I worked in television when I worked in reality television I realized the job that I was doing was showing me how life can be unfolding as a puzzle Along the way, we pick up a piece and find that story dot puzzle piece. It may fit here or there. And day by day, week after week, the story dot pieces may get shifted around. And then one day, you begin to see the forest through the trees and you begin to see the picture actually take shape. So I learned some amazing things, some amazing mindfulness from working in reality television as a producer. It wasn't all, it wasn't like I just showed up and worked in reality television and bam, it was all there for me. It was quite a journey and it was in some ways challenging at times. So let's go way back though. When I was five years old, I was living in New England, living in Massachusetts, a small town, I was going to, um, I was about to go to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school for 12 years and I did a lot of praying and connecting as a child. I would often talk to my higher self soul, my spirit guide team for highest good. Um, I had a few ascended masters and archangels that were often around me and so I also would get information through dreams or um, just downloads in terms of um, intuitive information. And so when I was five years old, I received information that one day I would work in television and live in California. So I didn't even, as a child at five, I mean, I probably couldn't even tell you on a map where California was, but I knew that that's where I was one day gonna live. I had a knowingness at a young age which really supported my path unfolding effortlessly. That didn't mean though my human didn't have moments of doubt, frustration, confusion, insecurity, a lot of fear. Um I had I had lots of those lots of those. And sometimes I was in the thick of the struggle. I was in the oh my god, I don't know. Oh, I was in the angst of it. And there were some difficult moments. So even though I understood where one day I would be living, I still was living in the present though. I was going through, I went through K through 12. I went to college. I did internships in Boston and New York. I still had to live in the present. You can't necessarily just jump to that future. You have to be present because along the way, in the present, is the gifts of the story dots that are eventually going to be leading you to in my case living in california and living in television so i yes i had a knowingness at a young age which did support my path in some ways unfolding effortlessly however i still had some challenges and that's where having tools can really support you at a young age my one of my tools was prayer and met- meditation And I would often, you know, sit and go within, even as a child, I would go outside, sit next to a tree, because I always felt really good sitting next to a tree on the ground. I did a lot of sitting on the ground um, as a child, and I still do that as an adult. Um, It just supports me in groundedness. And so I would sit and close my eyes and... I would ask questions or I would ask for support that would help me in terms of releasing. At that time, as a child, I didn't know that it was stress or anxiety. Um, I just, it felt difficult, it felt heavy. And so I would ask my guides to support me in clearing it. And I would then do a bit of a prayer, meditation, and then I would feel better and now i understand as an adult what was happening yet as a child i was just being guided and really trusting the process of the unfolding and receiving the support which when you're a child you're in the magic of it and it just it just seems it seems much easier at times so i grew up and then It was time I graduated from college and I saved. uh, I worked on a dinner cruise ship in Boston and one summer and I saved a bunch of money and I bought a one way plane ticket to move from Massachusetts to California with all my belongings. My friends, when I say I bought a one way plane ticket with all my belongings packed, I literally did. I arrived in L.A. on that one-way plane ticket with all my belongings packed, and I had moved to the City of Angels, to Los Angeles, sight unseen. I had never been to L.A. I'd never been to California. It was only my second time on an airplane. And yet... In my heart, I understood that that's where I was supposed to be. And so I arrived in LA, sight unseen. Because when you are a kid who worked all summer to save money to move, you don't fly out to pick out the place to live and then fly back home to pack up. I mean, you just, that wouldn't be really cost efficient as a kid who just graduated from college and who has to do all of this on their own. So you simply buy a ticket. You pack up and you tell tell the few friends that you know who already live there. Um, you ask them, hey, can I reserve your couch for some weeks until I find a place to live? And they say yes. And of course, this was all at a time before before cell phones, before... Uh before we were really actively using computers, it was a completely different time. And so you're using landlines to call people and, you know, and saying, "Hey, I'm going to be arriving here. Um I'm going to be renting a car. Is it okay to get there this time?" And yeah, you're hoping for the best. So I did that and there were moments where it was really exciting, yet there are also moments where it felt scary, leaving you know, the place that your human has grown up, the, the family, the friends that you love. I, had, I grew up in Massachusetts in New England. I love Massachusetts and New England. I had been living in Boston before I moved. I love the city of Boston. And Boston and Los Angeles are two completely different types of cities. I had never seen a palm tree before, or at least in this human experience. <laughs> um, and so when I arrived in LAX, the airport in Los Angeles, I was a little bit shocked when I landed. The airport in Los Angeles was not a familiar, welcoming sight that I thought would behold. I had this kind of idea of what I thought it was gonna be to move to Hollywood, per se, and as soon as I stepped off that airplane, whew, I began to understand right away that there was an illusion of Hollywood, that it was a dream factory, that outside of Hollywood, the image of glamour, this glamorous lifestyle that was presented, was being presented. The reality of the inside was something completely different. And I found areas of the city to be dirty, especially Hollywood. And as a kid who who was 22 years old, who was, just out of college and had been dreaming about moving to California since she was five years old, Whew. nothing prepared me for the level of disappointment. When I first drove to Hollywood, I just remember my heart sinking and thinking, wow, this is it? Are you kidding me? Like, Seriously. You can spend all this money on movies and TV shows, and this is it? Really? Yee. Ooh. It just was so dirty. Like, it just was so dirty. So dirty. And I had lived in New York City, and New York City was just so different. Even though that city could be, at times, dirty, it just – there was just – and aliveness, and so it was really um, it was really surprising. You know, I had done five internships in varying degrees at that point in entertainment. I worked at networks, local cable channels, New York City, Boston, um, some, some other smaller towns in Massachusetts. I graduated with honors from college. I had been a teaching assistant in college. I created peer counseling. With one of my professors, I was president of club communication. That's right, my friends. I loved college. I was, I loved college. And I loved participating in college. I loved being active. I loved talking about possible internships and jobs. Oh my goodness. I loved all aspects of college. And I had jobs all the way through college to pay my way. And then I worked on that dinner cruise ship that sailed around Boston Harbor for a summer to save money to move from Massachusetts to California. Yeah, and it just was all like my whole experience from college, internships, to moving out to California was really in that effortless flow. And I was coming out, I really came out of college ready to greet the real world. And I thought I was so prepared yeah, and then the angst I felt arriving in Los Angeles showed me the exact opposite. It was so uncomfortable. Eesh. When I think about some of my years in my 20s, eek, uncomfortable. It's so it's so surprising too when I when I ponder and reflect back because I think about how much time We just don't even spend enjoying our lives. I just was so uncomfortable. And I didn't have anybody to talk to about being uncomfortable. That was probably the most challenging part because it felt like you're supposed to get out of college and know who you are, what you're going to be, and what you're doing, and instantly be in that job and, and making a lot of money doing it. Whew. The pressure to like succeed and know who you're supposed to be, especially in your 20s. You've got a lot of pressure in this country, in the U.S. Um, and I thought I was really on track. And then when I came out to California, it was like my eyes opened and I was like, whoa, what is going on here? And I hear people talking about wanting to know their purpose a lot, especially now in terms of the work that I do. And I'll say, yes, my friends, I knew my purpose since I was five years old. Yet, I want to say as it unfolds, it can still be confusing, scary, angsty. You can have fear and have a lot of doubts. And I was terrified as I stepped into what I felt at the time was kind of a disconnected, kind of not a really pretty city. I I was so, I just, it was really shocking to me because from what I had viewed in my human experience that, Los Angeles Hollywood it actively promotes its brand as glamorous where dreams come true and happily ever after and wow when I stepped off that plane I was like seriously people (laughs) whoa what is happening did I arrive at the wrong airport did I get on the wrong plane seriously Yet it all unfolds and it's for your highest good. So how I see now how it was for my highest good. I do wish though that I had someone to talk to at the time. So as an empath, I can tune into the essence of a city rather easily. Different places have different feels. There's different vibrational frequencies. And when I lived in New York, the city was abuzz with aliveness. The city was above, the city just had this real incredible aliveness. And Boston has such a feel of like quaintness to me. It feels like a warm hug to me. And in certain areas, it's really pretty with its brick buildings and cobblestone roads, whereas LA just felt really flat all over the place, disconnected, and incredibly confusing, especially when you're driving. When you're on the freeways, sometimes freeways, highways, whatever word resonates, when you're um, driving on the freeways, you, it was so surprising to me. You could be in a lane on the freeway, and then next thing you know, you're like getting off. Like that had not been, again, my human experience had not been my experience in driving. I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Okay, which does mean you really does promote mindfulness, though. Promotes mindfulness, staying present. Got to stay present to see what's happening. You can't go on automatic pilot. So in a lot of ways, my journeying to California was really about the roadmap of mindfulness, I do have a secret, though. In the first year of living in Los Angeles, I absolutely, and I know that this is a rather strong word, I absolutely did not at all like it. In fact, there are moments where I absolutely hated it. I was so uncomfortable living here. I was so outside of my comfort zone It was so uncomfortable, yet the thing is, I really needed to be outside of my comfort zone because I had to, it was the beginning my 20s was when I was really in my human experience releasing a lot of limited beliefs and going into deeper aspects of remembrance. And so it was really necessary for me to be at times uncomfortable so that way I could start to question, question the reality. So that way I could start to open up to more curiosity. So I could start to shift from being in my head to going into my heart deeper. And so I was uncomfortable. I lived here and I was uncomfortable. So just imagine at five years old, you're you're being downloaded with the understanding of what your purpose is and where you're gonna be living and what you're gonna be doing. And it's so exciting as you're growing up understanding this, even though as you're going through school, when teachers ask you what you wanna be, when you share with them, one day I'm gonna work in television, and they scoff at you because you're a kid who's living in a small town in New England, and no one in that small town has any family or knows anyone who has ever worked in entertainment or moved to California. So they tell you to be realistic and encourage you to one day maybe be a teacher or be a nurse or a secretary. That you go through school still encouraging yourself to hold this dream in your heart and to not be hurt by teachers' words to you. And then one day, you graduate. You have five internships. You graduate from college with honors. And you save money up. You buy that plane ticket. And you move to California with all your belongings. And you get off the plane. And you're now like, wow. Huh. Huh. Yikes, I don't like it. And you have no one to talk to. You have no one to to kind of unpack it with. And it's so confusing. And so I have a lot of empathy and compassion in general, but I have a lot of empathy and compassion for kids trying to figure out who they are, what they are, where they're going, especially in their 20s because I think there's something about your 20s that it, it's a little bit more confusing than your teenage years. Um, you're still, you you feel like you should be an adult, but you're not quite there yet. And so, yeah, I mean, I, my first year was really difficult in LA. It was uncomfortable. And I was so disappointed how my childhood dream of working in television and living in California was bringing so much sadness. How could my soul, higher self, lead me here? How could my spirit guides for highest good be so wrong? And I definitely went through some time where I was mad. At my soul, my higher self, my spirit guide team for highest good. And I felt extremely alone and scared in this big world by myself, 3,000 miles away from family. I had a few high school friends here that had graduated from college as well. Yet yeah, we we're all in the same turbulent boat of what the heck is happening what do we do? And there just didn't seem like there was any place to really go. And all the schooling that I went through, I just felt so lost. Like where was my guidance counselor? And it started making me realize, cause I saw a lot of, I'd see like a lot of articles where you know, we talk about how well the U.S. is doing in education. And the U.S., it's just, I was like, gosh, the U.S. really brags so much about its success in educating the youth. Often showing how much money it spends on educating. Yet, I saw so many of us in our 20s struggling to find ourselves back then. And friends, I still see it today. And it's not just in the 20s. I see young kids And then I also see adults in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, still trying to find themselves. What is happening? And now there is a huge coaching industry trying to help people find themselves. And so when I was at my lowest point at 22 years old, living in L.A., Feeling so disheartened about life. I was doing a lot of writing, and one point I was guided to write a poem. And the title became, it just came out. It's called Just Being. The the words flew through me. I didn't really have the consciousness on it back then yet it did create a beacon of light for myself. Now I get it. Like now I understand what just being is, just beingness. I didn't fully understand it back then, but my higher self and my guides were downloading the playbook of the reality of what the purpose of being here is. It's the just beingness and And so it brought in a so much hope and light, and i now I get it. I was learning to let go of being on autopilot and shifting into beingness. My higher self, my guide team, wasn't wrong; I had human expectations and limited beliefs and I had so many stories too that were no longer beneficial that I had to release and I didn't necessarily have a full set of tools to process it back then. And there was some amnesia on my remembrance because even though as a child, I had a strong connection in terms of God, angels, archangels, ascended masters, my higher self soul. I have had moments in my human experience where I have, you know, been active in connecting within and trusting the guidance, the intuition, and then I've had moments where I've clicked into automatic pilot. And and so there are times where the guides have allowed me to have a certain amount of like human experiences where I've gone for sometimes a couple years, um, just living in the world, in the human experiencing. And through college, I prayed and meditated somewhat through college, but for the most part, I pretty much was actively humaning, and I loved college. I had moments where I would pray and meditate, yet I wasn't as active as I was through K through 12. And so part of it was because when I was going to be moving to California. Yes, I was moving to work in television, yet it really was about though me um becoming my authentic self. And my 20s that that angst that I felt in moving to California that became a beacon of just lighting something within me to want to understand and reconnect to the deeper aspect of myself so my 20s i began then reconnecting to spirituality and i also i'd studied um i'd studied religions different religions and religion class through K through 12th. But I had such a curiosity. I wanted to understand how other people prayed, how other people meditated. I wanted to understand um, what other people's rituals were. And so I started finding myself going to, I would meet different people and um, they would tell me about the church that they were going to or the temple or what they were doing. And I would be invited and I would go. And sometimes it was uncomfortable because I hadn't been raised in a certain way with certain rituals. Yet because of my experience of moving to Los Angeles, I now understood that in terms of sometimes a human can get stuck or can get it can be, there can be fear of that unknown. And so I then learned to like, okay, is it for my highest good to release from my comfort zone to experience something new? Because it may be able to broaden my world in a way that's really beneficial, which is what ended up happening for Los Angeles and living in California. So as a child growing up, I had thought from what I understood about television also that I would be working in scripted television, yet I ended up being called to work in reality TV. It wasn't even a genre when I moved out to Los Angeles. And so that was also challenging because at the same time, I was like 22 I was um in exploring different um areas in spirituality I was in some ways questioning also just the the religion that I was raised with like what do I believe that question of like what do I believe that was very present in my 20s what do I believe how does this feel for me And so that was kind of, that was like rocky terrain. And then in terms of the career I was being called to, it wasn't even an actual genre or really a career yet. So I was living in a city where I had a few friends from high school. I didn't have any family. And the career path that I was being called to didn't even have a ladder that you could understand where you're climbing to because it wasn't even, it wasn't created yet. It wasn't it wasn't a genre when I moved out to LA. And so in some ways, I just felt like everything was shaky. It didn't have one area of my life that was consistent and stable and that I understood, oh, this is how it is. Every area of my life um, was in the unknown. So yeah, it was uh, in my 20s. It was, a, it was, it was, it was very challenging very challenging. And at that time, I also had, uh, I had perfected kind of a way of being called Happy Henry. And so I was masking everything with a smile, which now I feel probably did in some ways help me because it kept me in some ways optimistic. That being said, there probably was an element of um, non-beneficial aspect of that kind of being kind of Stuck in that positivity that I wasn't also I was numbing some of the feelings based on it. Now I understand that um, but yeah, I was called to then be on the forefront of creating something new in my career and in, in being part of a being, to be part of this innovation team to being part of a group of people that were going to collaborate and create a new genre in television, to be a frontiers person, to be a pioneer, which now I understand all that. Yet when you are the person that is in a pioneering aspect, whew, it can be really, um, you know, every step you take, you have to really go within and and be in that groundedness and alignment and really being in that flow of trust because there is no markers on it for the outside world because it hasn't been fully created in physical form yet. So in some ways, in being called to work in reality television, it was a way for me to understand how the, some of these principles from the universe worked in terms of creation co-creation with the universe, the law of attraction, really going within and trusting, trusting the guidance that you're receiving in terms of the highest good and divine design, letting yourself release fear and anxiety, becoming present and then trusting and allowing yourself to receive for the highest good. I mean, it was I was learning all of that literally on the job in my 20s and that was one avenue of my life and I had a parallel life where when I wasn't working I was going and reading different spiritual books, starting to um, just visit different types of churches and uh, just really reconnecting in terms of my spiritual sense and questioning what i believed and what no longer served me and so yeah it was uncomfortable and i probably stayed being uncomfortable for a lot longer than i probably needed to and i will say part of it was i then some of it i may have been in resistance of my actual divine design and I also had times where I was mad and did think that I was sold a bill of goods from my guide team and higher self and that it was bullshit. I was mad. I had some moments where I was mad at God. So I did have some time where I shut off for a bit. I went on my merry way of humaning. I did stop praying and meditating for a bit. I went on autopilot. Yeah. There was so much hype getting out of college and what was presented to me in the reality of when I stepped off that plane that it was incredibly devastating, or so I thought at 22 years old. And the challenge was, I just didn't have anybody to talk about it with. You know, my... My parents wanted me to be okay, and they wanted the best for me, and my mom really wanted me to move back to back home. And my college support system, they were cheering me on, and I didn't want to admit to them, and I didn't want to disappoint them. So I didn't reach out for years. And I did try to meet up with other alum from my college who were older than me and that were already... Um, established in Los Angeles and in their careers and they so-called made it in the entertainment industry yet i found that they just really weren't interested in helping a kid who was literally just got to Los Angeles and so they were just a bit cold and distant and you know that also kind of affected me because I felt in some ways like in Massachusetts people seemed more approachable whereas in Los Angeles it it was really challenging to realize that um there could be some people maybe who are on a hit show or in a in a movie that did really well and there can be a code of silence where if you are a local and you see this person who was on a hit show or in that movie that did really well if you see them in public that there's sort of like a code of silence you don't approach yet if you're a tourist and a fan then you can approach yet it really isn't encouraged in los angeles which by the way is that not like i don't know i just thought that's really i don't know it just didn't really sit well that's kind of weird in the whole city, it's like an entertainment city. Really? Or pretending that that person that I just watched on television last night isn't standing in front of me? And as an empath, it can just feel kind of icky and super awkward. And I totally understand wanting personal space and privacy. Yet, wow, if you are a lover of stories and love talking about movies and television, it can be really challenging standing behind someone in line at the coffee shop and you just watch them in a TV show that inspired you and you stand there pretending not to know who they are or what they're doing for their career currently. And I guess that's kind of the point of the feel of Los Angeles when I first moved here. It was so surprising That there's just this disconnect. I, in my humaning, I thought the pretending was only for scripted TV and film. Like on the screen. That they're acting. I didn't know it could be how a city could actually live. And when you're someone who feels frequencies and you're tuning in it can be really it's just gonna be really surprising and sometimes jarring yet again I was guided to move out here so why was it for the highest good So two years after I moved to Los Angeles, I flew into LAX, and I felt something had shifted. And as I was driving down Wilshire Boulevard, heading back home to West LA, I saw a row of palm trees. And I saw them. It was nighttime. And I saw them from fresh eyes. My perspective had shifted. I now saw these beautiful palm trees and my heart, I remember it lurching and going, oh my God, they're so beautiful. I felt so heart happy seeing these elegant trees with a graceful beauty. And I felt genuinely happy in my heart to be living in Los Angeles. It took two years, yet I cleared the fear, the judgment, the angst, the limited beliefs. And I could really appreciate and feel and see the real beauty of the city now. And as for the people and the disconnect, I realized that in some ways I was hiding myself. I only allowed a certain part of me to be seen to the world. I didn't show all of my authentic self. My human was hiding under a protective wall that in some ways mirrored some of the people in the city, pretending to be something they hoped to be or afraid to be recognized or afraid to be approached. So much protection around the heart. So finding myself in the city was exactly where I needed to be. It was for my highest good to learn to not judge a city or a person by its outside and to connect with the heart was the matter of beingness that I was called to learn here. And to also allow myself to be in my authentic truth of who I am, to allow the light to shine through, to allow myself to share what brings me joy. I love talking about TV, film. I love talking equally about spirituality. And for many years, I did hide that part of me that loves to talk about spirituality. I compartmentalized it, did not really talk about it openly with a lot of people. I was afraid to show who I was. And so in some ways, me being called out here and me seeing or feeling these aspects of the city, it supported me in really growing and learning and letting my light shine. And it really is, it's about the beauty within, to allow the beauty from within to shine out. And my calling in terms of television was to experience something that no one had done before with a team of people who were in collaboration and co-creating with the universe to bring in something new in terms of a genre. So I could feel the exhilaration of being on the forefront of something new. To understand co-creation with the universe in collaboration with a group of people. It was the perfect training ground also for my intuitive energy healing training. I could practice my tools. I was learning because at the time I was learning with different shamas, energy healers, meditation teachers. And then I could practice in real time on set. And working with real stories, documentaries, as opposed to scripted, was the best place for me because, again, I love learning. I'm curious. And so I had all these opportunities to just go around the world and step into people's homes and step into their shoes and see what their real lives were like. And I love that. So, it was the perfect place for me. And so, my job as a producer in TV was to be really, in some ways, the glue that, because I was, a, as a producer, you're kind of the glue that collects and consolidates all the pieces from the team, a story dot collector. And in some ways, I look at it as you help make the puzzle into physical reality for television, the story into physical reality. And I didn't know how much I would love working in reality TV, yet my higher self and guides did. I love talking to people. I love hearing a person's story. I love seeing how people live. I love following them for a day in their lives. And working in television, I loved supporting to solve the story puzzle to let the picture come into view. It was one of my favorite things about working in television. I got to solve story puzzles. I saw on a daily basis how story dots can line up in one way and form a certain picture, yet if you line them up in another way, another picture comes into view slightly different way. And if you add some light music, The scene can feel more comedic, whereas if you put more dramatic feel to it, it can feel different. And now I see what my higher self and my guides wanted me to learn and experience firsthand. That is how life is as well. It's all story dots. It's all experiences. And it's all for the highest good. Yet the perspective the human takes can result in whether one is in constant drama or drama comedy or inspirational feel good. And also, my friends, some days the story puzzle was a mystery. Some days on every show I worked on, we would build a story wall with all different scenes and episodes laid out on no cards on a wall. It's a way to reference the story map of where you're going and it allows the entire team to see the entire show laid out. I would spend days and days staring at the board and I could look at an episode and all the cards on the scene and feel that it was in flow. My my clairvoyance abilities and my empath abilities, my intuitive abilities really helped me in television. Whereas sometimes, so some days I could look at an episode and be like, oh yeah, that is in flow. Whereas sometimes I would look at an episode and it would just feel off. And I would stare at all these note cards that had all these scenes on them. And I had this feeling of, it's just not right. It feels off. And it was like a puzzle to me. The pieces were there, yet the exact picture wasn't in place. That feeling in creativity where you know you're about to make something incredible, yet there's a moment you feel like, oh, it's not quite there. And you feel like almost like you're pushing the boulder up a hill because you're in that kind of, Ugh. it's almost like it's like the, it's like these all these balls, uh, all these elastics are entangled in a ball and you're not quite sure what's in the center of it. But then as soon as you pick all the elastics off, you see in the middle that it's something amazing. You just have to have patience and you just stay grounded. And so I really learned in TV that, especially in my early days of producing, that if I was uncomfortable, like I was uncomfortable with that process of creativity sometimes, because at times my monkey mind would come in. And so then I learned in using the tools of energy healing and meditation, okay, I have to shift out of my head, shift out of that monkey mind, go into my heart. I have to go into my heart, become grounded. Because if I stayed in my monkey mind, if I stayed in that monkey mind, this is the story of the monkey mind. Will I be able to story solve? What happens if I fail? Oh my God, what happens if I'm an imposter and I don't know what I'm doing? Oh my God, will everybody find out that I really don't know what I'm doing and I'm not really as creative as I thought I was? I'm not really, oh my God, oh my God. And so in my early days of producing, whenever I felt that uncomfortable feeling where I, and during the process of creativity, and I started to recognize and realize, oh, that's my monkey mind. That's my monkey mind coming in. That means that I need to attend to my my mental health and I have to check in with my emotional health and my physical body and then start to use tools to support myself. So I had to really learn to utilize my thinking mind for my whole health for my human. Instead of having the monkey mind be a dominant force in my life and have it completely out of control, I started using the tools. I started using the tools and the principles to support me in being able to be in flow in the creativity. And then I noticed that in my over 20 years of working, there would just come a point in terms of creativity where I would be like, err, in the human experience. And anytime I felt that, okay, I understood You just need to walk away, go walk away, go get grounded, go be in nature. Just let yourself, let it go. Don't try to force it. Don't try to make it happen. Let it go and then come back. And I would go meditate. And then when I, oftentimes during the meditation, I would actually get, usually a lot of the times, often, I would get, I would get story downloads of how to actually problem solve. And so I saw how things could really work in terms of my spiritual life, as well as my career life and apply the tools. And it was amazing. And so it made me also realize, wow, in terms of the higher perspective, my guides and my higher self really did guide me to understand where I needed to be that would be for my highest good. So yeah, in my 20s, it, it was interesting also because, especially in the early 20s, when I worked with a lot of different intuitive energy healers, they would say to me, you think so much. You know, you're, you're living in your head. Shift into your heart. And when I eventually found my way to working on set and reality TV – What was also beneficial for me is I didn't have time to be in my head when I was in production because things happen so fast when you're on set that you have to be present. So I really learned to shift from being in my head into my heart to be present and mindful. Because if I wasn't in my heart and present, then I could miss the magic of a scene. And I started realizing that it was the nuances. It was... It was sometimes people aren't going to tell you what to look for. You have to be a story investigator to be in the present to see what is beyond what someone is showing you. And so also it comes back to living in Los Angeles. See, living in Los Angeles, I had learned that I had to scratch below the surface at times to find the real beauty and the light and the heartbeat of this place. For sometimes it was hidden out of sight but once again, but, but then once you see it, once you see the beauty, you can't unsee it. The beauty of LA, the beauty of Los Angeles is there. So I applied that to working in reality television, connecting to the heart, seeing the light of a person, looking below the surface of what is presenting and connecting to the authentic self. Reality television was the perfect place for me to learn all this and has taught me so much. And so to anyone who's struggling to find themselves to figure out your purpose, I encourage you to let go of the struggle. And you also might be surprised that you're exactly where you need to be and honor the creative process of the unfolding. It's creativity, it's glory, it's calling, it's feeling of excitement, feeling of being comfortable at times, it's drive, it's imagination. And in terms of your higher self soul, your spirit guide team for highest good, my friends, you are in a relationship. Let yourself trust the process. I know now and I can marvel at the way, a way that all has unfolded. And as for your human My friends, the mind is truly extraordinary in what it is capable of. It is amazing. However, don't let your mind run your show. Use your tools to support the monkey mind being in harmony. Release being afraid of going into the heart because the heart is really where it matters. That is the road we want to ask to chart, to allow ourselves to follow. Really letting yourself get into that joy, wonder, and awe and then letting yourself, in terms of, connect deeper. So, That is what I wanted to share today because I've had a lot of people ask me recently in terms of purpose. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I would love to hear from you. And I'd also love to hear your stories as well of how you found your way and how your divine design has unfolded for you. Much love, light and Reiki blessings to all of you. Thank you so much for joining me.